Hi, this is the Kevin Bass Show. In this podcast, I'm going to be discussing the latest new trends, investigations, discoveries, and controversies in the fields of health, health science, nutrition, fitness, and medicine. I am both endlessly overjoyed by the discovery of new knowledge and incredibly happy to share it with you, but also relentlessly critical of anything that is unlikely to pan out or unlikely to be true or useful. Through this dynamic interplay, I make this podcast one of the most intellectually exciting and vibrant among any in this space, both tremendously respected as well as reviled by other prominent health influencers and popular media icons. I draw upon my extensive network of scientists, influencers, thinkers, and thought leaders to bring to you a distilled version of what I believe is the proper take on the latest new ideas and trends in these fields. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to The Kevin Bass Show. A bit about my background and a disclaimer. I have uh, nearly 20 years either studying medical science or being in a laboratory conducting medical science. Nonetheless, I am only a MD-PhD student. I'm not yet a medical doctor. And even if I was, nothing that I'm discussing here would be medical advice, simply a interpretation of the medical literature by a person who reads voraciously and thinks incessantly about how to think about scientific problems and their practical application to health. Correspondingly, you should only take this as such, and always, if you have an idea that you take from this podcast that you want to apply to your own life, you should always talk to your doctor before doing so, and never construe anything you hear as medical advice. And with that, enjoy the Kevin Bass Show. Hey everybody, I woke up this morning wanting to write out a, uh, basically a shout out to my physical therapist who's helping me rehab my back right now. And uh, I wanted to do that because I woke up this morning, I'm like, holy crap, uh, my back is doing like 50% better overall over like the past few weeks. Um, and it's progressively getting better compared to where I started. And I started maybe two or three months ago uh, with Derek Miles. After I wrote up that tweet, I didn't send it out yet, I'm going to send it out in a moment. But after I wrote up that tweet, I realized that uh, people are going to ask, well, have you reversed your position about squats and deadlifts and blah, 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 blah. Um, I wanted to talk about my experience about uh, using squats and deadlifts with Derek to help rehab my back, but then also reiterate uh, my views about squats and deadlifts. So I think they're very po- to, to basically in summary, uh, and I go on for about 23 minutes walking around my apartment talking about this, but the summary of this uh, video for those who just want the TLDR is that... Um, Look, squats and deadlifts are a powerful intervention, or and actually weights are a powerful intervention, but I think squats and deadlifts are the most, or among the most powerful uh, lifts in uh, uh, resistance training or in barbell resistance training. Um, they can produce and help to produce some of the greatest increases in strength and muscularity of all the lifts, and they can even help to reduce pain if used appropriately in the right dose, the right intensity, and the right programming. However, uh, they are also, uh, because of that fact, because of their power, uh, also very uh, potentially harmful and inherently risky. So 
um, anything, uh, virtually anything that has a great benefit also has the great potential for harms. Now, in some cases, things that have great benefit have relatively small harm. In other cases, things that have a substantial benefit can have maybe even much higher harms and much greater risk of harm than the benefits. And so the risk-benefit balance of different interventions can vary between interventions, and some, some, some are much more favorable than, and less favorable than others. But in the case of squats and deadlifts, I think we should, or in the case of any intervention, we should always see uh, something that has a great benefit as also having the great potential for harm. And in the case of squats and deadlifts, I do believe it does have a tremendous potential for harm. Let's give another example. So if you take uh, a gun, for example, guns have uh, potentially great benefits. Uh, they can help save a person's life. You know, you can help use them to get food, etc. But also they have uh, tremendous potential for harm. Little children can shoot themselves. People can shoot each other in a, uh, a fit of passion, uh, so to speak. So uh, w- with things that are powerful, they often have uh, great risk of harm. And I think that this is the case with squats and deadlifts, and, and it is the case that um, it is the case that uh, if misused, uh, squats and deadlifts can cause permanent injuries. They can cause permanent chronic pain. They can cause debilitating injuries, debilitating pain, and disabilities uh, um, through the misapplication of these particular. Uh, modalities, this particular intervention in a similar way as, say, leaving a loaded, loaded gun around the house can cause uh, potentially life-changing permanent consequences. It's the same sort of thing. Misuse of, of one intervention, misuse uh, can uh, make something that could be a potentially uh, great positive into a potentially into a great negative. Here's the problem with resistance training. Uh, and the discussion about resistance training online, people only talk about the positives and they don't talk about the negatives. And by not talking about the negatives and not educating people about the negatives and by building a culture, promoting resistance training online uh, in much of the popular literature that unabashedly and, and without qualification promotes resistance training to everybody, especially squats and deadlifts, the really heavy stuff, uh, and often just says, you know, shut up and lift, uh, don't overthink it, etc. Um, that increases the potential for harm because I do think that m- I know for a fact that many people are harmed by uh, poor programming and the misuse of these of these um, of these exercises and they do it without the knowledge that um, you can misuse these exercises so for the for the case of say a loaded gun most people know that leaving le- leaving a loaded gun around the house is a bad idea but in the case of um, you know squats and deadlifts different kinds of programming doing things particularly excessively intensively uh, 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 having excessive load uh, or even using it in a normal way where you're just constantly just lifting and training really hard and and maybe even doing that at a high frequency um, the knowledge that that might not be the best idea is not is not uh, is not particularly well known the knowledge that uh, going for one rep max is you know once a month and training in a powerlifting regime without very careful coaching and monitoring of, of load intensity and programming the idea that that could be a really bad idea is not well known in fact many influencers who have millions of followers promote this kind of thing promote irresponsible programming of these lifts and without without an adequate understanding of the potential risk and the power of these lifts 
Uh, so what I think we have is a culture that essentially tells everybody to leave loaded guns on the table, that leaving loaded guns on the table is perfectly fine. We should all have leave loaded guns on the table, the kitchen table with children around, because uh, leaving loaded guns on the table is perfectly fine. That is the analogy here uh, in the case of resistance training. I think it's absolutely absurd. I think the industry systematically downplays risk to an extent that it results in poor education of people about those risks, and as a result, bad programming, and as a result, harm of people who use these exercises in the wrong way, but in the way that they're commonly told to use them according to the fitness industry, which is essentially lying to them. Now, whenever I started to point these things out, that deadlifts and squats are inherently risky, for example, if you get armed with a deadlift or a squat, often you can't sit correctly, you can't even lie down, you can't walk around, you can't walk upright, uh, you can have back spasms where you end up completely incapacitated for almost a week at a time, and this happened to me, uh, where I literally couldn't stand up, I had to pee and uh, defecate in, in, in a jar because I, uh, if I tried to stand up, I would have these spasms in my back that um, literally were the, were the worst pain I've ever had in my life. Uh, yet, yet, we're not taught about these risks. We're not taught about these potential downsides. We're not taught that, that injuries are very common when using these exercise modalities. And we're not taught about how to mitigate that risk. In fact, often people who talk about how to mitigate the risk are ridiculed. It's very popular among the so-called evidence-based community and strength training to ridicule people who are talking about ways to mitigate risk. Now, there isn't a lot of evidence in these areas anyway, and even the uh, evidence that does exist is mainly clinical experience uh, that's been reconceptualized and, and, and packaged into concepts that you can find in the uh, strength training and, and exercise science scientific literature. Even these ideas are not, don't wide, broadly circulate. There's no really good book about how to properly program to uh, avoid injury, work around injury, rehab injury, um, um, uh, programming in a way that that is that is that is essentially. Um, longevity producing from a uh, dose management perspective. I, I, I've asked about these kinds of things. I've asked if anybody's written them. I know that some people could write them, but they haven't been written. Um, so w what is a lay person supposed to do? Well, a lay person often will just follow the experts, follow the influencers that are telling people to squat and deadlift uh, once a week for each and just shut up and lift and then lift as hard as possible. And powerlifting is a healthy way of, of resistance training and it's absolute nonsense. Not everybody needs to squat and deadlift. Not everybody needs to do powerlifting. Not everybody needs to get jacked and swole. And uh, it's often portrayed that these things are exceptionally beneficial to longevity and health when that's absolutely not true. And they pose inherent risks and dangers that are not adequate, adequately communicated to the public to such a degree that it actually actively leads to harm. The fitness industry actively leads to the harm of the people that it's supposed to serve in and basically in the pursuit of money and um you know what that that was what the uh that was what the 23 minute video was supposed to be about uh that i was going to upload here this is just going to be an introduction that explained and summarized everything but it turns out after i got into it a little bit that um I don't really need to do that. And the people who have criticized me about this, who have said, well, you might be discouraging uh, physical activity, exercise, etc. 
bros, we should emphasize the truth and we should emphasize informed consent and having our patients know what the risks are of different activities so that they can mitigate these risks and that they can choose for themselves what they want to do. Our patients don't need paternalistic ideologies where we tell the patients what they should be doing and leave out useful information. Now to reiterate, uh, you know, I've experienced enormous improvement of my injuries through in part, part through the use of the squat and the deadlift through intelligent programming uh, across a number of different exercises. But the squat and the deadlifts are helping me to um, become a better jujitsu athlete, getting that low in the hole, especially on ass to grass squats and especially on conventional deadlifts, is uh, getting low where I'm actually going to be experiencing load in jujitsu and acclimating my body to that to the point where I don't experience pain and can generate force out of those positions uh, is going to be extremely beneficial and is ha- and has been beneficial to the extent that I never in a million years could have imagined um, that there could be this much benefit and this much drastic radical change in uh, the back pain that I've been experiencing for over 10 years now. And I've only just been doing this for two or three months. It's been a uh, pretty radical, pretty incredible. I can train more, way more than I used to. Whenever I do uh, get injured by overdoing it a little bit, you know, sometimes I get into the gym, some big guy wants to, wants to have a dog fight with me. And, uh, and, and, uh, um, you know, sometimes I start to enjoy it a little bit too much. And then, you know, before you know it, I've been doing it for 20 or 30 minutes of really high intensity rolling. The next day, usually what would happen is I'd be barely able to get out of bed. I'd be out for maybe half the week because I just, the pain would be so bad and I'd be scared of making it worse. Uh, but now it, maybe it happens for one day that I have pain. I can get pretty easily get out of bed. I don't need to like roll over onto my hands and knees and slowly push myself up and hope that I can stand up uh, and hope that my back doesn't give out and, or start spasming. I can actually just pretty easily stand up even after like the worst kinds of days. Now, I'm told, I'm told that... Um, that's going to continue getting better. And that's absolutely a miracle. So I want to reiterate and emphasize that there are important applications to these lifts for the purpose of pain management. And that has worked for me so far. And I am really excited about that. I'm really excited to continue, uh, uh, using, uh, Derek's program to, to, uh, to, to help make my back pain much better and make me a much better athlete. Uh, if it hadn't been for this experience, I would have no chance, no hope, no, uh, desi- no, basically desire to uh, go further in my jujitsu athletic career because uh, I wouldn't be able to because I was just I would just be too debilitated. This has opened up an avenue for me in athletics that I thought was closed to me, and and that's the extent of the improvement so far, and it just keeps getting better. So with that, you know, shout out, and with that with that point made uh yes however there are some serious downsides and there is a culture around weight uh, resistance training barbell resistance training in particular that doesn't emphasize risk enough that massively overhypes and this has to do with the industry trying to make money and this results in enormous amounts of harm and there are large numbers large numbers of so-called or or supposedly scientifically trained people who will continue to uh, buttress and support and defend these practices often uh going into extensive mobbing and ad hominems against various people who might dare suggest that uh, squats and deadlifts can cause back injuries when misused. And that, and that, 
the main kinds of programming that most people use according to what the fitness industry recommends are the kinds of programming that will produce injuries, right? The programs that you're getting on those bodybuilding.com websites, not, I'm not singling out bodybuilding.com, but any website, it may not be bodybuilding.com. I don't want to get myself into any trouble. It may have nothing to do with bodybuilding.com. Um, uh, I haven't looked at any of the programs on bodybuilding.com. Just FYI, uh, bodybuilding.com owner, if you're watching this video, uh, but the, 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 the standard bodybuilding programs that you get on various different websites, according to various different, different influencers are going to be for a large proportion of people ultimately harmful. And that's because, um, there's no understanding and there's no, um, there's, there's minimal coaching and minimal education about, how to prevent injury and how to program to prevent injury. Most people are not programming to prevent injury. They're programming per, for performance for bodybuilding goals, which is in, completely inappropriate for somebody who has a longevity oriented perspective, which simply wants to be in shape, to feel good and to be healthy. It's totally different from most of the programmings that you're getting online, that most people are getting online. And it's really, really harmful. And people defend these practices and it's unconscionable. The fitness industry should stop misleading people and start talking about the true balance of risks and benefits of resistance training and not giving an unbalanced perspective. The true balance of risks and benefits are that resistance training is potentially incredible, incredibly beneficial uh, way of, of managing different health conditions, but can also be incredibly detrimental to various health conditions as well. Now, some people may ask, do I still believe those things that I talked about when I first started posting about this? Namely, that uh, the squat and deadlift is a, is a, a specialist. Uh, those are specialist lifts that shouldn't be used by anybody except for athletes or um, for specialized purposes, etc. Uh, yeah, essentially. Essentially, I still believe the same thing. I don't believe it's these are general purpose lifts. I don't believe that they should be used uh, casually. I don't believe that they should be used without the oversight of, of an expert who knows about injury prevention, who knows about rehabilitation. I don't believe that programming should be done by people who uh, don't have that expertise, which is most programming that is released on the internet. I don't believe that uh, uh, these are lifts for the general population. I, and I think that's the case for, for many uh, lifts. I think that there should be way more oversight of people who want to use these lifts if they want to use them in the safest manner possible. And if you're thinking about starting to lift and go into weightlifting, bodybuilding, powerlifting, helping to your athletic performance, etc. Before you do all that, you should talk to an expert first and hire somebody to help you. Now, unfortunately, this takes resistance training off the menus of a lot of people, and that's really unfortunate. And it's not my fault. It's the fault of the fitness industry who's, who's produced so, so much misinformation about resistance training and how it's healthy no matter what, and, and the risk of injuries overblown, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, those are the people responsible for this. Uh, if we had good, good information out on, on most of the websites about resistance training that really help people to program properly to mitigate risk of injury, and to help people rehab when they do get injury and not have these dogmatic ideologies that come from many of the most important and major influencers in this space, uh, then we wouldn't have this problem and we wouldn't have to have everybody who needs a coach uh, in order to do resistance training at all. It's not my fault. It's the fitness industry's fault, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, well, I hope you've liked this video. 
Uh, if you did, <laughs> click like, subscribe, donate to my Patreon. Boom. See you guys. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Please check me out on patreon.com at Kevin and Bass, where you can donate and make this podcast possible. Also check me out on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, where you can find my latest thoughts on the latest controversies and findings within health science. Also check me out at The Kevin Bass Show, both on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. I hope this podcast was useful to you. If it was, please leave me a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. See you guys in the next episode.